Tash Coyle here and you're listening to Tash Talks Uni Life. Today's episode isn't as much aimed at current uni students, but rather prospective uni students and anyone else wanting to know how to pick your university. If you've made the decision to go to uni, but you're still struggling to decide on where to go, you're in the right place. Now, I had to make this exact decision back in 2018 when I submitted my UCAS form. It's quite a long time ago, though, when you think about it. So who better to have as a guest on today's episode than my not-so-little sister, Annabelle Coyle. She is currently in year 13 and wanting to study physics at university. Hello, sissy. Hi, as my sister just said, I'm Annabelle and I'm currently attempting to apply for university. Just to clarify two things, Annabelle is obviously younger than me, but for some reason the younger sister is always the tallest, so she's my not-so-little sister. And the whole sister thing is from a it's from a cat meme that I sent to you. Well, I sent to Mum's Instagram account, Dr Hillary's Instagram account, um, to send to you when I lived in Glasgow. Obviously, we love cats in this family. And dogs. Um, Annabelle and I are quite different in terms of our subject preferences. My A-levels were in English Lit, history and sociology and minor in maths physics and chemistry but whatever subjects you're currently studying at school or college this doesn't and shouldn't determine what universities you eventually decide on there are so many factors that determine your choice of university and annabelle and i are going to talk about a few of them let's briefly talk about the actual process of applying to university if you're a UK student applying to study at an institution in the UK. So to start with you complete a UCAS application which is where you submit your personal statement to unis and things like that. On this form you get an initial choice of up to five universities that you can apply for. You could use all five slots or not. You then wait to receive offers from the universities you've applied for. In the new year after your initial application, you can pick two choices of universities where they've given you early offers of acceptance. There are other important aspects of university applications. For example, if you're applying to Oxford or Cambridge universities, those institutions require a pre-interview test. It's like, mine was the ELAT, yours would be the PAT test. So it's like the first or two letters or first letter of your subject and then admission test, which is the AT. And then if you're successful, you then have an interview. And then if you're successful again, you get a potential offer depending on your eventual grades. This process can also apply to some courses like medicine, where they typically interview candidates before giving an offer. But whether you're at the very beginning of your journey to university or you're about to submit your top five choices, I urge you to consider the following factors in your overall decision. The first thing that I'd say for choosing a university is pick a range in the early stages. This is in relation to size, the grades you need for acceptance, city versus campus or a bit of both. And then what I would say is go and visit them. You don't even have to go on an open date, just go and visit the university itself and the city or the town that it's located if you can, just to get a feel for the place and know what the vibe is. You came to visit me in Glasgow last year when you were doing a taekwondo tournament. That's Annabelle's sport. She thinks she's a ninja. 
I wouldn't tell you if I was a ninja. <laughs> ninjas are like... supposed to be secretive. She... Why would I tell you if I was a ninja? It's like how Japan's ninjas are obviously the worst ninjas because everyone, everyone knows, knows about, about them. them. Yeah, very true. Well, Annabelle is very good at Taekwondo. She get a leg kick very high. So all I'm saying is don't mess with Annabelle Coyle. Um, but I remember in year 11, you were thinking about Strathclyde Uni because they were offering a prosthetics engineering course that interested you. But you, when you came to visit, you just didn't like the city, didn't really fit in with Glasgow as a place, did you? No, I didn't really like the feel. And I know I wouldn't want to spend years of my life there. I found that industrial big city universities weren't for me. And you've got to trust your gut with that and find a place that's right for you. Personally, I loved Glasgow when I moved there when I was 21. But I was very similar to you at 17, 18. I wanted a not, a, not a big city, something slightly different. And your choice of subject has shifted. Before sixth form, you were thinking about engineering as your subject of choice, but upon reflection, physics is what you most enjoy. Um, so you can take a look of a course, like a look of a course online and a university in a brochure. But when you're actually there, you could hate it. And I was nodding here just for confirmation here. <laughs> I knew someone at school who loved the idea of the University of Leeds, which is a class university. I know lots of people who do really like it. Um, but they went to visit on an open day and they got off the train and just said, nope, this isn't for me. They instinctively knew that it wasn't the right place. They ended up at Sheffield University, which is in Yorkshire, the same county that Leeds University is. Um, but they said that it had a completely different feel. Personally, I really liked all the universities I went to look at as a prospective undergraduate, but Exeter was my favourite. Not only was the course there amazing, but I fell in love with the campus, the city and the culture. These are all important initial gut feelings you have when deciding on where to apply. Your favourite uni so far has been Warwick, hasn't it? Can you tell my listeners what you liked about the feel of Warwick as a place and the university itself? Well, as soon as I arrived, I felt comfortable. Having a campus uni with a lot of open space and greenery just made me feel more relaxed and, and safe. You need to feel like you can belong there so you really enjoy the next three years of your life or however long it would take you to get your qualification. Yeah, it's three years is a... It, it does, it's not long, it flies by like, honestly, my, my time as an undergrad flew by. But if you don't like where you are, it can feel really long and painful. Um, it's common to experience visiting places where you didn't like the institution for whatever reason, sometimes because of the initial feelings you have. Never dismiss your gut feeling about something. Trust me, I dismissed my gut feeling too many times when it come, when it came to um, the dating game and I would usually end up getting upset. The same principle applies for uni too. Think about it this way. You'll have a relationship with your uni for three or more years helps if you really like them you have to be able to envision yourself at the uni you want to go to and if you don't then it's probably not the place for you okay so if you've got a few options in mind that you've seen and you like the feel of what else can determine your choice of university definitely your grades yeah for sure if you're at the stage of picking five options don't all pick universities that are expecting three A stars. In an ideal world, it would be lovely if you could get those three A stars, but A-level exams, BTECs, any sort of like national qualification and the grading processes are so unpredictable. Pick a number of options that you have different grade offers. My advice would be to pick one or two aspirational choices, two firm options, then one safety option that you'd be accepted into kind of regardless. 
So my five were Exeter, Cambridge, Bristol, Sussex and Surrey. I was predicted something like A star AA. So those five institutions typically offer places for those predictions and as low as BBC in some places. We've already said Warwick's your top choice and it's very aspirational choice. It's something wants something like what, A star AA? Yeah. Yeah, which is very competitive, um, but definitely reachable. I believe in you. I believe in you, sissy. You can do it. Eventually, <laughs> the meme will die. <laughs> but for now, it lives very vibrantly in this podcast. Uh, so what other places are you going to apply for? Well, I also ended up liking Exeter's atmosphere. and They have a lower grade boundary. But just so you know, I'm not copying you. Mm-hmm. I never copy you. You're my little older sister. <gasps> I'm not copying you. <laughs> mm. And physics will be completely different from English. Yeah. No, you'd have a very different experience. Like if you did end up going to Exeter, you'd play a completely different sport to what I did. I, well, you don't know if you'd go out as much as me. I went out quite a lot. You oh, might... I know. Uh, oh, this is the last time I'm getting my sister on this <laughs> on this podcast. Um, but yeah, like Exeter's such a big uni and well, most unis are all big. So even if you're a sibling... And your other sibling has been to the institution you're wanting to go to. It doesn't really matter. You'll have very different experiences if you want to have different experiences. But um, that's not like, I mean, we've got family friends and the two sons, James and Thomas, they both went to Bath University and both studied the same form of engineering. And the younger brother is now working at doing a placement at the same place. The brother has <laughs> yeah. a graduate job. So, but they both love it and they both love um, Bath's uni and the city for very similar reasons. And I mean, as siblings, you grow up in the same household, you probably will like similar things. But yeah, I loved Exeter's campus and it's sporty, but you did prefer Warwick. Um, and Warwick's very good for science. Yes. As well. Exeter was very, it's, very, it's good for all subjects, um, but it was very good for humanities. Um but what I wouldn't advise doing is picking five options that all have aspirational acceptance grades. It's like saying you want to go for Warwick, which has A star AA, Oxford, which is A star AA, and then three other options that are very similar to that. Um, because your acceptance grades are based on predictions and current working grades. You might not reach them. Something could happen unpredictably. And if you do this, if you put five aspirational choices, you risk not having a backup plan that you like. And I think that's really important. You do have to think, personally, I'm, I'm a Libra, so I'm all about balance. I like to have, I, I like to take risks, but I also like to be cautious, which seems oxymoronic when you think about it. But yeah, I think it's always good to have a backup plan. If you've chosen your five options already and you're waiting on offers to come through in the new year, you'll have to accept or reject any offers given to you. Some universities might lower their acceptance grades if you firm them as your top choice though. For example, Exeter lowered their offer for me uh, when I firmed to AAB and Bristol offered me ABB regardless, but and I, so I put them second. If the potential of a lower offer is on the cards for you, it's definitely something worth considering when picking those two options. You can kind of, I wouldn't say take your your foot off the pedal, off the gas, off the accelerator, whatever car analogy you want to use. But it can just 
take a little bit of pressure off just in case something goes wrong in an exam. Like you could walk into that exam hall and blank. I hope none of you do if you're about to sit your A-levels or any sort of exams, but it, it happens and it does happen quite regularly. So when picking your university, remember to decide based on your initial vibes of the place and a diversity of grade acceptance, especially in the early stages. One of the other things to consider when deciding on a university is the location of said uni and how far you want to be away from home. My top options are all at least two hours away from where we live. And when I was applying, all of my options were in the south of England. We're based in the East Mids for reference. And yes, the Midlands exist. If you're a listener who's like, no, the Midlands doesn't exist, it's the north, like you're wrong. The East Midlands and the West Midlands, it's a thing. I'm just putting that out there. Personally, I knew a number of people scattered around the Midlands and North, having played County Badminton, so I wanted a fresh start somewhere very new. We'd been to Devon before on family holidays as well, the Devon Manor House Hotel. Yes. Kind of like Centre Parks. One of the experiences I had of you getting drunk. Okay, digress it. Let's, let's move on swiftly from that. She don't think she'll ever let me go until... Oh no, we shared a room. I'm never letting that go. I, oh yes, well, okay, let's move on. Uh, but we, I really like Devon. I really like Devon as a place. It, in many ways, it's similar to Derbyshire, which is where we live. Um, apart from Devon has lots of beaches and Derbyshire's completely landlocked. But in the East Mids, we're so well connected. So for both of us, location isn't as much of a worry in terms of getting to and from home and uni. I was ready to fly the nest of the Derby bubble, that's for sure. I know, you even fled to an entirely different country entirely for your masters. Oh, clearly that feeling goes across not just you and it's just you and mum, isn't it? You're not happy that I... Scotland's great, I loved it. It was, it is far, it is far away from where we live though. Anyway, you might be someone who will happily move far away like I did for my masters from their family home or you might be on the opposite side of the coin and actually not want to leave home. If you're the latter, there's many options to live at home and commute to a university near you. Let's say either of us wanted to stay at home to go to uni, we've got lots of options. We're in between Derby and Nottingham Trent universities. The University of Nottingham is only a little bit further than Trent and Loughborough Uni is only a 20 minute drive from our house, although any Exeter alumni shouldn't associate with Loughborough. However, since going to Glasgow, I've kind of abandoned that. I play for a badminton club in Loughborough and now my master's graduate gown is purple. Sorry, X. Uh, What I'm trying to say, though, is that if you don't want to move far away from home, you don't have to. Your options might be narrowed down, but it really depends on your preferences. What else have you considered about universities during your application process, Annabelle? Well, once I knew I liked the environment, I looked at the course and the type of teachers you'd be learning from. They were all so enthusiastic and emphasised how they would help you transition from sixth form into uni life. Then, after I was was happy with what I would be learning, I looked at different facilities, like the sports hall. I knew I needed somewhere that had taekwondo facilities, otherwise I'd lose that hobby, and I love that hobby. After all of the basics of comfort, learning and hobbies are secure, you can look at at the other students and the type of societies that you could join. These are all really important factors when applying to university. Uni isn't just about your course, it's about everything else that they can offer and each uni is different. I'm going to talk more about this later in the series. 
I ranked a number of aspects when I was choosing my universities. What was the course like? Did they have a badminton team with a competitive women's side? Did they have lots of different study spaces? What other societies were on offer? What facilities do they have? Do I like the city? Is there a decent nightlife? Things like that. Um, and the final thing you might want to consider when choosing your university is graduate outcomes, satisfaction, and what successful people in your desired field went to that university. Have you looked at that? Well, I think for physics it might be slightly different because I know it's important to look at the specific people and I kind of did that, but I did more the specific research areas for each university. Mm. For example, in 2021 at Warwick, a student with a professor supervisor created a 3D atmospheric model of a helium-dominated white dwarf and won the Winston Prize for astrophysics. For me, this helped me decide because I find astrophysics quite interesting and to know that the university will support you, will help you be successful, makes me want to go there more. It also means that you know there's a professor that specialises in something similar, so mm. you know you'll get support for whatever project you want to do in your third year. Mm -hmm, definitely, and that's also very important for postgraduate study as well, which I'll talk about in the second half of this episode. When you're applying to uni, the last thing you want to think about is life after uni, before you've even begun the application process. But student satisfaction can give you a bigger picture of an institution. You can find these in league tables, the Guardian will have a league table, the Times will have a league table of what university is listed in the top 10 and reasons why. Whilst I am very doubtful of statistics, I'm a specialist in humanities and arts, so I like qualitative data and I think that there's gaps in quantitative research gathering so league tables satisfaction rates can help offer an insight as to whether students were happy with their institutions but remember that it's not the be all and end all um, but don't just base all or any of your choices on league tables but a combination of all the factors that we've discussed. I think Tash just doesn't like maths choosing to avoid all of the numbers Oh, I did do English for a reason. Anyway, oh, no. thank you, Annabelle, for talking about your current experience of choosing and applying for your future university. Thank you for the opportunity to share my beginning journey and experience. You're welcome, sissy. <laughs> it will die. It'll die. Even if I have to remove this episode myself, it ah, will die. This is a very helpful episode, actually. So you've been a great help. Thanks. Anyway, after this short break, I'll talk about how to choose a university if you're a prospective postgraduate student. Picking a university as a prospective postgraduate student is slightly different to the undergraduate process. There's no UCAS form and no limit of options of places that you can apply to. I only applied to one uni for postgrad, which in hindsight could have screwed me over if I didn't like the location or didn't get the degree classification I needed for the programme. The University of Glasgow, though, is the only global institution to offer a postgraduate talk course for fantasy. Pretty cool, right? It was my one and only option. I mean, Exeter University have recently introduced a new master's course in magic uh, with a heavy focus on sociology and history, which is also very cool, but it wasn't around when I was thinking about doing postgrad study. 
To be fair, I'd been eyeing up Glasgow's programme since I was a second year. If I was ever going to study fantasy, it was straight after doing my undergrad. But if you're deciding whether to do a master's, you still have to consider the choice of where you do it. Quite a lot of students stay at their current university. So let's say you're at York for undergrad, you might stay another year there for a master's. Many people do this. Typically, universities offer discounts to undergrad students who stay on for postgrad. I think Exeter offered like 10 to 15% off postgrad fees um, for recent alumni and just alumni generally. But one of the main financial differences between undergraduate and postgraduate fees is that the fees for master's courses aren't the same for every institution. So the yearly max tuition fee for undergrad is £9,250 per year across all UK institutions for UK students. I mean, there are some exceptions depending on where you're from, i.e. you're from Scotland and you've chosen to study at a university in Scotland. Postgraduate fees are different and can also increase on a yearly basis. My master's at Glasgow, I paid £9,500, which is actually on the cheaper side for postgrad English courses that I found. Even if I stayed at Exeter and I used the alumni discount, studying a master's there would have been more expensive. This year, the cost of my course from last year has increased and for the acceptance for the 2024-25 cohort, so next year's cohort, the tuition fee's gone up to £10,650. That is an absolute whopping figure. So the cost of tuition can be a determining factor for deciding on your postgrad institution. Funding and scholarships is another financial factor that contributes to the decision of where to study. I have friends who have been fully or partially funded for their masters, mainly because they stayed on at the same institution that they completed their undergraduate degree in, and the funding and scholarships obviously helps massively. I did apply for a scholarship, but I wasn't offered the funding from the University of Glasgow, Um, And if you're set on attending a certain institution and they can't or won't offer you funding for a master's, research external scholarships or the loan system. I took out a postgraduate loan to fund my tuition at Glasgow. Other things to consider when choosing your postgrad uni is future steps. This might be a career in academia, for example. Different universities offer various opportunities for PhD research and sometimes having been at an institution that already specialises in your subject area can help with PhD applications. Job prospects external to university may also shape your decision. Before I ended up going to Glasgow, I'm going to be honest, I didn't have journalism as a career in mind, but maybe it was the fates aligning because Glasgow is the journalistic centre in Scotland. The offices for News UK, NewsQuest, STV, BBC Scotland, they can all be found either in the city centre or on the banks of the River Clyde. So I have work experience opportunities on my doorstep, which is great, and I did use some of them when I lived up there. I know people who are currently undertaking journalism masters in large cities around the UK with the goal of finding work in those locations, either as a student or after they finish. It just happens that more opportunities are often concentrated in cities. I mean, I'm finding that now um, in the job application process. I'm kind of in that career limbo at the minute, which is all the jobs are either centred pretty much, pretty well, they're all pretty much centred in, in some part of London, whether that's full time in the office or whether it's hybrid work and I could commute in. 
But I think one of your main considerations for picking a university for a master's is the course itself. Postgrad is so different to undergrad. By the time you're nearing the end of your bachelor's degree, you should have a feel for what subject areas and specialisms you really like, and these will determine what and where you want to study. Postgrad is hard. I'm telling you now, especially a master's, it is hard work. It's so much more work. It's like second year and third year put into one, but you do all of that work in 12 months. Sometimes nine months. I know people who've done masters in nine months and it is just so much work. So you've definitely got to choose a university based on the course content. Do you like the course content? Is this something you can really apply yourself for for 12 months? Because it does get really hard. Um, But also all the areas that me and Annabelle have discussed in the first half of the show. What are your initial vibes of the place? Do you like the location? Is the location easy to get to or does that not matter for you? student satisfaction, anything else the institution has to offer. I'd love to know where my listeners have applied to or if you're at uni or finished uni, why you picked the place you did in the first place. Drop me an email using the address tashcoyle at gmail.com. That is T-A-S-H-C-O-Y-L-E at gmail.com. Or find me on my socials, either on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at tashcoyle or on Instagram at tash.coyle. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Tash Talks Uni Life. See you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>